You're listening to the I Can Relate podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca Miller. On this podcast, we talk to relatable and amazing people with real life struggles and joys sharing the goodness of God. Each episode is designed to bring encouragement to your life. So make sure you subscribe today. Also, don't forget to give five stars and write a review so others can find this podcast and be blessed. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have Lysandra Osterkamp, and she is an author and a women's speaker, and she is a pastor's wife, as well as a mom, and she homeschools. She's got a lot of hats that she wears. Lysandra, welcome to the podcast, and this is episode 27. Lysandra and her husband also have a podcast, and she has also written a book. And so I'd love for you to just share um, a little bit about that before we get headed into the podcast. Yeah, um, our our podcast is called The Family Meeting, and it's all about family relationships and now navigating parenting and, um, you know, the marriage relationship and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, my husband and I are both very passionate about family. And so um, we have a really good time recording that. It's one of our very favorite things that we do. And you can find that on any, any, um, anywhere that you find podcasts, we're on there. And then as far as my book, it's entitled Balancing the Crazy. And I, I chose this topic for my first book because I am constantly balancing a very crazy life, um, trying to accomplish everything that is expected of me and everything I expect of myself is very difficult. And um, there are times when I fail and there are times when I succeed, but ultimately um, it's all about pleasing the Lord. That's what I'm really trying to focus on. And so that's kind of what the book is about. And, um, And then there's a lot of practical tips and a lot of my own stories too. Today, Lysandra is going to talk about struggling with self-image. So I think a lot of times we have this idea in our minds, like um, people who grew up in really good homes don't have struggles. They don't have problems. They don't have issues with their minds. And this is not the case. I grew up in a really great home. Fantastic, actually. I have so many happy um, childhood memories. Um, I grew up in a Christian home. Both of my parents were saved. Both of their parents were saved. Their siblings, my cousins everybody knew the Lord. We were a Christian family. And, um, and I, I had a very happy home and, and a very happy childhood. And, um, it was, I think I was about five years old when I first understood hell. I understood that it was real and I knew that I needed a savior. I understood I needed Jesus. And I went to my father and I asked my dad if he could show me how to be saved. And we were sitting on the French, uh, the front, uh, porch stoop of my, my aunt's house. And, um, it was a really nice sunny day. And my dad just told me, he said, just, just tell Jesus you want him to save you. And I accepted Jesus Christ as my savior that day. And I have never doubted my salvation, which is such an awesome thing to be able to say when you get saved at five years old, because that means I grew up with God. I've had him in my life this whole time. And he has been my rock. He has, um, he has been the one that has really helped me through a lot of different things, but especially this issue of uh, self-image and this struggle that I have been fighting in my mind for a long time. Yeah. And I think sometimes there's this illusion that once we become a Christian, that all things will be great. And yeah. we, uh, we have God, how could anything be just horrific in our life? And, um, I think 
the difference is, is there, we live in a fallen world. And so mm-hmm. there's going to be pain. There's going to be sorrow. There's going to be disease. But the difference is for a Christian is that we can walk with Jesus through those difficult times Amen. where if you, you don't know Christ, it's, you don't have that peace that passes all understanding. Like the Bible talks about yes. where did the struggle with self-image begin? Uh, almost at the beginning. I mean, I, some of my very earliest memories that I have, I remember being concerned about what other people thought of me. I was really concerned how they viewed me. And, um, and I, I have a family, we come from a family, um, of a lot of people who are overweight and, um, lovely, wonderful, godly Christian people. They are overweight. And I remember hearing some family members, um, talk about how when they were children, they were made fun of uh, for being fat. They were made fun of um, on the bus when they went to school and they talked about how mean kids could be. And I could see the hurt as they told me about this. And I remember thinking right away, I don't ever want that to happen to me. Oh my goodness. I don't want that. I have to make sure that I never get fat. And it was, I mean, that was early on. And I was, I was a pretty small child. Like I wasn't at all overweight in any way. In fact, I look back on pictures now and I'm like, why did I have any problems with this? I was very healthy and I had no reason to feel this way. Um, but that is the thing about the mind, whether or not it is logical, whether or not it is legitimate, these things can plague our minds, whether it is self-image, anxiety, fears, uh, being afraid of the what ifs, I'm facing depression, whatever it is, there doesn't have to be like a reasonable explanation. Sometimes it's just there. Yeah. Yeah. And again, some people are maybe they're, they're, they're stronger in the mind. They don't have a weakness there. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe the enemy doesn't get to them in that way. But someone who maybe that is their weakness. Yeah. These things, these thoughts um, that, infiltrate fear, um, Mm -hmm. and worry and anxiety can all start in our thought life and in our mind. And so, and, and two, I wanted to point out something that you had said, you said you heard as a kid, some adults talking about how they were made fun of and right there, mom and dad, this was something that even convicted me when you said it is the power of suggestion. Absolutely. Power (laughs) that we have when our children are listening to us and all of a sudden we're like, Ooh, that just got in their mind. And now they're thinking, Ooh, if I gain weight or I, this, or you fill in the blank with whatever it is, the struggle is, um, they think that that possibly could be them. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So just being that alone too, um, that power that we have as parents with our words and what we say and being careful um, that we're admonishing our children. Um, So when, Lysandra, did this move from a struggle to an obsession? Uh, Definitely when I went through adolescence. So um, it was like, (laughs) <laughs> it was kind of unfortunate for me. I mean, I developed overnight, it seemed like. Woke up one morning and all of a sudden my body was completely different. It was all the way changed. And I was only 11 years old. I was very young. And before that, I was I was just this skinny little girl. And now all of a sudden I had curves and I, I saw fat. That's all I saw. <laughs> and so I tried to hide for a while and, and not maybe be seen as, as much as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. And finally, I was like, I'm, I'm going to go see my friend. I'm going to go play. 
And, um, and the worst possible thing that could happen to, to someone fragile like I was at that moment happened. And the second she saw me, she right away noticed there was something different about me. And she said, oh, you got fat. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, it was like, it was like my worst nightmare coming true, right? So um, I sure latched onto those words. Those words stayed in my mind. They mm. rattled around all the time. And constantly, every time I would look in a mirror, those were the words I heard. And that was what I saw. That was where my focus was. And so it it definitely became more of uh, of an obsession, and um, because of that, then I started to I started to become uh, obsessed with exercise and eating and things like that. And and uh, unfortunately, at the same time during all of this, I I experienced a little bit of sexual abuse, and that somehow just made it so much worse. And I kept all of this stuff inside. I kept it in my mind. And my mind became a, a very dangerous place where I, I spoke lots of um, untrue and negative things to myself about myself. And I did it often enough that I believed it. I believed mm-hmm. this was true. And, um, and I was very concerned about how my peers perceived me. So um, when I was around my friend group, I would oftentimes just not eat ever. No matter how hungry I was, no matter how long we were around each other, I would not eat because I thought if they saw me eating, they would think that I was fat. And so, um, so it would be a long time sometimes before I would, I would eat. Um, then I started to get a little bit older and everything. I became um, an older teenager and I had money now and I was working and everything. And um, so then I became obsessed with finding the perfect outfit. Mm-hmm. I thought if I could just find clothes that hid these things about me that I didn't like and these, you know, just the shape of my body, if I could just find the right fit and everything, then I could I could look thinner. I could look better. And so I I really I spent a lot of time looking for clothes. I was frugal, so I was I was at Goodwill, but still um, I was always yeah. looking for clothes and I just getting ready in the morning. I remember the anxiety that I would have and I would change my clothes like over and over and over. Look in the mirror. Nope, not good enough. Try this on. Nope, not good enough. And I did that to myself every single day or for every event, you know, even during the day Mm -hmm. you have the course of one day, you can have different things you're going to. And so, um, so it was almost like I was torturing myself and it was all, it was all a battle in the mind, which is so frustrating. It really wasn't a physical battle. It was up here. It was in my mind. So, um, so then I, I, my new plan was to eat less. So I'm working out now. I'm doing like, I'm doing Tybo on VHS. So that's how old I am. <laughs> I found an old, I, I found an old VHS of my mom's. It was Richard Simmons sweating to the oldies. Yeah. <laughs> so I would do those. And then, um, I started to just, to just not eat. So I was starting to starve myself and I got away with this for a while. Um, with a lot of lying, I would lie and say, Oh, I just ate. Um, you missed it. I just ate. Trust me. Um, I would say, Oh, I'm really full or I would say, I'm not really feeling well. I don't, I don't feel like I could eat right now. And so I did a lot of lying, got away with it for a while. And eventually my mom noticed um, that I was really weak. And I, I, she, she saw me trying to take a drink of water and I could barely get the water to my mouth. It was shaking. And she said, what is going on? When did, when was the last time you ate? And she started, she said, 
honey, when was the last time you saw her eat? And anyway, I was, I was caught. So um, I'm very thankful because my mom helped me by um, making me eat and watching me eat. And that was a good thing for me because it taught me that I wasn't going to get away with this. And so I kind of gave up on that plan, which was really good because there are people who, who don't um, give up on that plan so easily. So I'm very thankful for that. I have, I have the Lord to, to praise for that. She, he, he really showed my mom how to handle it. And so I'm very thankful for that. And um, pretty soon then, uh, I'm, I'm actually getting ready to get married to my middle school sweetheart. <laughs> we met when we were really young and knew we were going to get married. And so I was only 18 when we got married. And of course, I brought all of my self-image struggles into my marriage because mm-hmm. that's what we do. We don't, we don't leave those baggage, you know, that baggage behind and just come in all fresh. We bring our baggage with us into our marriage. And it most definitely did affect every other part of our marriage. But of course, it affected the bedroom. It affected mm-hmm. our sex life. And my husband, my Thomas, he is very gentle. He is very sweet. And he was wonderful because he has helped me through these last 18 years, almost 18 years of marriage to, um, to just help me work through this, help me with, with these issues that I've had. And he's been very patient with me through it all. And I'm so thankful because he's way more patient with me than I am with me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, so that's kind of like a, a, a quick overview of, of what's going on in my mind when I give over to it, when I don't fight it. I'm not like that every day, but, um, but that's what happens when I don't, when I don't really rely on the Holy spirit to help me. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of women probably, um, I mean, I don't want to speak for all women, but I think Mm -hmm. self image is something that everybody struggles with, um, to a degree. And so it, it, and that's where, you know, you sharing that it became, it was a struggle, but became more of an obsession. And, uh, one thing I wanted to point out was you had said that your mom noticed and, you know, I just, want to ask you how important it is it is it for people to take time to notice that someone is struggling how is that so important that we notice that yeah i just think it's so incredibly important we we have to pay attention to people around us and this is what i tell women i tell them assume that the person you're talking to is hurting and struggling and fighting something assume that and you're going to most likely be right and treat people like they are hurting because most likely they are. We all yeah. have things that we are facing. We have besetting sins. We have the weight um, that 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 is on us that we sometimes just can't shake. Um, and and so we have to assume that people are hurting and treat them with gentleness, kindness, and the love of Jesus. And the verse that comes to my mind with that is Philippians 2, 4. Let each of you look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Um, And in another spot, it says that in honor, we are to prefer one another, put others first and get our eyes off of our own problems, which is what I had to do. And I can talk about that in a minute, but um, I had to get my eyes off my own stuff and start focusing on others. How can I love this person? How can I welcome them? They are isolated. How can I bring them in? And so on and so forth. And and this is how Jesus lived his life, right? He, Mm -hmm. He lived his life for others. 
trying to help others and see other people's needs. He did not live his life for himself. And of course we see that when he went to the cross, Yeah, Uh, that's the ultimate sacrifice that he could make for others. And he did that. Um, And, you know, even Jesus, like he had, he had people making fun of him in, in other people's eyes. He was an illegitimate child. Um, He was, he was made fun of. He had, he had people saying things um, that were untrue about him. He had people disagreeing with him, but he lived his life for others. Yeah. And so that is, that is ultimately what I want to try to do. Um, and of course, later on in Philippians, it says, let this mind be in you all, which was also in Christ Jesus. So we're supposed to, we're supposed to think like Jesus, right? We're supposed to love like Jesus. And, um, and so in order to do that, we have to pay attention to what other people are going through. We have to care about them enough to get our eyes off ourselves, to put our eyes on them. Yeah. And I think that also, um, helps, um, w- with our mind, <laughs> Absolutely, it's changing our thoughts. Yes. Um, when we're, we're thinking not about the situation, but we're thinking about, okay, how can I take the situation I'm going through and be a blessing to someone else? And then through that, um, God can start to transform you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, this kind of leads into the last question here is what has God used to help you make progress? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so I definitely do not struggle with this. Like I used to praise God. That's, That's awesome. <laughs> I'm so thankful for that. I'm happy. I can say that. And also let me just quickly on the side here, say, if there is something that you have been struggling with for most of your life, celebrate the little victories, Mm. celebrate the ways that God has given you some victory in this area. And, um, for me, it was just different things. Like, um, one day I finally realized I am so ungrateful and, Mm. and as a, as a whole, like as a person, I'm very thankful and I'm always thanking people and thanking God and everything. But there was one thing I never thanked God for would not thank him for my body was not thankful for my body. Mm. And finally I realized like, I need to be thankful for what he has given to me. And it was kind of a, a, a moment of enlightenment when I, I realized that and I prayed and I just said, God, forgive me for, for the way that I have acted hmm. toward this body that you have given to me. And I, I said, thank you for my body. And saying that sentence was like really hard and it brought me to tears. Mm. Um, because I didn't feel that way in in the past. And that has, that has changed, um, a lot of the perception as well. Um, verses, I know it's very Christian cliche (laughs) that (laughs) Bible verses helps me, but really, truly there is power in the word of God and we cannot neglect it. Um, we are foolish to neglect it. And so the word of God has really helped me. And I'll, I'll share with you guys a couple of verses that have been important to me. This one is great for any battle of the mind. So whatever is going on in your head that is just plaguing you, whatever you're torturing yourself with, um, this, this verse right here should be something you have memorized. Finally, brothers, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, if there's any virtue, if there's any praise, think on these things. So we're actually commanded um, to think about certain things and, uh, and really to, to not think about other things. Mm. And what I love about this verse, and this is where it really changed my life is the very first line says, whatever things are true. Mm-hmm. So I started to think about what was true and what was a lie. So, um, <laughs> when I looked in the mirror and I said, you're ugly, I would say that in my head to myself, 
I'd say, that's not really true. There are things I don't like about myself, but I'm not really ugly. Okay. That maybe. No, you're not. (laughs) Not ugly at all. (laughs) (laughs) So, so then I would say, okay, you know, I'm fat. Well, that's not really true. I'm not fat. I'm probably not as skinny as I wish I was. Right. Um, and I, I could be healthier, but I'm not, I'm not fat. So I had to stop saying lies. Mm. And once I start, started seeing the lies and replacing them with truth, it really freed me up. And mm. so I really encourage you. That's the first thing on this checklist of the mind is truth. And if you start with truth, half of your thoughts are gone already before you get to the rest of the list. Mm. And so that was really important for me is to focus on truth and stop listening to these lies in my head. Yeah, yeah that's so, really good. Yeah. And I think that goes with a lot of like any kind of thought, thought struggle. Right. But, um, uh, Psalm 139, 14 was one that really helped with like the actual issue of self image. I will praise you for you made me with fear and wonder. Marvelous are your works and you know me completely. So God didn't make a mistake with me. And, um, he made me as I was supposed to be made. And, um, and I need to be thankful and praise him for it and not put his creation down. Yeah. And so I had to start looking at things differently. Not only that, but I also had to start recognizing this whole self-image thing as pride. Because, mm. um, and I understand like it maybe maybe it's not all pride, but it's sure a lot of pride because pride is when we we just focus on ourselves. And boy, was I focused on myself a lot. Yeah. And um, and I had to stop thinking that way. I had to start thinking of others, as I mentioned before. Um, but when I would focus on myself and focus on the way that I looked, it was just it was pride, even though I was kind of going in the other direction. I wasn't saying like, oh, I'm so gorgeous. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> right. I was, I was coming at it from the other way. Yeah. Um, I'm so horrible. I don't look good. I never can look pretty. And, yeah. and these were the thoughts, but everything was me, 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 I, I, yeah. I, right. Yeah. So the focus is on me and that is pride and it's wrong. And I had to confess that to the Lord and I had to, um, to understand that this was a struggle of sin. This was my sin struggle. And, um, and when those thoughts came into my mind, I had to recognize them for what they are, confess yeah, them. That's good. Yeah. Ask for forgiveness. And, um, and thankfully we're promised that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So he could cleanse my mind and give me a fresh slate. Then of course I would, I would have problems again, maybe later and I'd have to confess and ask for forgiveness again. But yeah, but that's part of what sanctification is and growing in Jesus. The one thing that you said was that you, when that comes into your thoughts, that, that, you know, I'm not beautiful. Um, I'm not good enough. I'm you fill in the blank, whatever it is that you're struggling with. What you said was consider where it's coming from. Um, you said something along that line, um, consider the source. Yeah. As my husband's grandmother will say, sometimes consider the source and who is the source behind Mm -hmm all confusion and lies Mm -hmm. and wanting to steal your joy is the enemy. And I think if we can recognize as soon as a negative thought comes into our mind, we need to ask ourselves, is this of God Absolutely, or is this of the enemy? And if we Mm -hmm. can immediately put it in its rightful place, that it's not true, or this is truth. Um, Because when Jesus came and he came to forgive us. He came to forgive us and free us from guilt and free us from shame. And, mm-hmm. and God is not the author of confusion, right? So we have a place to put those. And that is, no, this is from the enemy. And so right. I think it's really, really good. I think what happens though, 
is what we do is we just, we just let Satan come in. We just let mm. him come into our mind yeah. and we, we say a thought came in and we just stay there in that thought. Yeah. And then that thought festers and that thought, thought festers. Mm-hmm. And what happens is it come, becomes from, it goes from a struggle to now an obsession. Right. And so I don't know where you are today. Those of you who are listening to this podcast, you might be in the struggle mode where it's just like these thoughts that are coming at you, right? And you need to know where to put those. And so open up God's word, speak truth through the word of God, and also consider where those thoughts are coming from. And does that, does that mean that there are things that we need to correct in our life? Well, well, of course, you know, um, but I don't think the shaming and the guilt and those kind of things, those are not from God. Those are, those are from the enemy. Um, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, because I think that again, self-image is something everyone struggles with across the board. But the question mm-hmm. is, is it is it just a little struggle that we need to get a hold of before it festers right. into something that then we're kind of spiraling out of control? So yes. thank you so much for um, just sharing what has helped you and the ways that God has helped you. And of course, we know God wants to help us. He wants to change us. He yes. loves us. He's for us. Mm-hmm. This is not his plan for us to say, stay in a toxic obsession with something. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, so true. It's, it's his plan <laughs> for us to live a joyful, abundant life here yes. um, so that we can be lights in a dark world. And so, yes. Lissandra, before you go, I would love for you to share where they can find you on Instagram and Facebook and just a few of those things um, so that they can connect with you as the speaker. Absolutely. So I have a public page on Facebook, just Lysandra Osterkamp, and it says motivational speaker. And then um, I have a website, lysandraosterkamp.com. And so you can go there and and, um, find me that way and um, sign up for if you want me to come and speak for you. Um, And then uh, I am on Instagram, but boy, I kind of let that die. I don't even know what's happening with that Instagram account. (laughs) It's out there somewhere. That's okay. That's okay. Um, That's awesome. And then do you have a podcast page as well um, on Facebook? Um, Yes. You can find that under the Everyday Christian Network, which um, my husband and I are both part of the Everyday Christian Network, and that's where our podcasts are going from. Um, But they're also on iTunes and Spotify and everything like that as well. The family meeting. Mm-hmm. Yes, the family meeting. So yeah. um, look those up. I think you'll be blessed. You'll be encouraged. And um, you know, if you have any questions for her, I know she would be happy to answer them and to encourage Absolutely. you. And I know that's Lysandra's heart is to encourage someone. And I love your realness about your struggle. Um, I think yep. when we kind of put our best foot forward, people have a hard time connecting with us. But when we kind <laughs> of let our hair down a little bit <laughs> and kind of share like, hey, I've struggled with that too. Um, Mm -hmm. I've had, you know, disappointments and struggles and obsessions and you name it. (laughs) I've been there too. Um, but I, I have the Lord. And so, um, you're able to either share the gospel with someone that doesn't know Jesus, or you're able to encourage them to, um, find the gospel again Mm -hmm. in their life, not obviously Mm -hmm. get resaved. We're not talking about that, but allowing the gospel to transform them. Um, and you can even listen to a prior episode by Jenny Lohman on being transformed by the gospel as even a Christian. So her episode's really great. Um, and so thank you so much again, Lysandra, for being on the podcast today. I really enjoyed our talk and I appreciate your time. And I know that it's going to really bless some people's hearts. Awesome. Thanks so much. Well, that's a wrap for today's episode. 
Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Have a great week and I'll talk to you next time on the I Can Relate podcast.